Hey, happy 4th of July. Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Trash Recap Podcast. I'm Joe from B1029, and we have Shiler from B1029. And we are recapping and discussing some of the big entertainment stories from the week of June 26, 2023 on this 4th of July. You got any big plans tonight? You going to go watch some fireworks, Shiler? Oh, yeah. You got you to gotta watch fireworks. Oh, yeah, for sure. I know we, we're going to... Our uh, our town does fireworks tonight, and so we're gonna just gonna plant some chairs in the front lawn and watch fireworks. Oh yeah. Well, and I'm lucky that my dog is not one of those that like freaks out with loud noises and stuff. Like, so he's he's pretty chill. So we get oh, to enjoy good. it together. Well, we have a cat. One of which he, his bark is worse than his bite, even though he's a cat. <laughs> uh, hates fireworks. So we know that. For the next couple of days, we probably won't see him. We just have a we we just got a puppy, and this will be the first time she's going to experience fireworks. So we're gonna see how that goes. Aw. Yeah. So, you know, fingers crossed it goes okay. Maybe she'll just bark at him. Who knows? I think like the biggest issue with um animals that don't deal well with loud noises like that, because I mean, obviously their ears are more sensitive than ours anyway, but it has to do with like your presence there too. Cause like for the first like really big like storm of my dog's life um, or, you know, any kind of like loud noises. Like I was with him the whole time. So he didn't need to feel scared. And I wasn't scared because it was just a thunderstorm, but it was really, really loud. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was with him. So he, he never kind of developed that. Uh, Unfortunately with fireworks, normally we're out of the house, you know, we drive somewhere so we can get a better view or whatever. And then the babies are left at home and they don't have that kind of comfort you know, they, they don't feel as safe because you're not there with them. Right. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully Luna, our puppy will, will do just fine for her first 4th of July. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, so this was kind of surprising. John Legend, Chrissy Teigen welcoming baby number four. Now they did it via surrogate. Uh, Teigen shared the news on social media saying, quote, for as long as I can remember, I've always wanted four children. As a little girl, two glowworms and two cabbage patch dolls were uh, in my arms or perpetually in my <laughs> arms, helping me stir in my perpetual pretend kitchen, watching Elf with me. Um, uh, yeah, four kids. Now, if you remember, um, not that long ago, they had a miscarriage. Yeah. And, uh, which was obviously very sad. And so they, they went surrogate this way and her name was Alexandra. And Chrissy, of course, just gave Alexandra plenty of praise saying that she was quote, the most incredible, loving, compassionate surrogate we could ever imagine. And she even, uh, Alexandra also commented on Chrissy's post saying, quote, thank you for choosing me, heart emoji, for making this whole experience so wonderful, for loving me and my family wholeheartedly. It was truly an honor bringing perfect Ren into the world with you guys, with you right by my side, heart emoji. They named their their son uh, Ren Alexander uh, Stevens. Oh. So that's that's pretty cool. That is cool. Although, like, I, Chrissy Teigen is so delightfully weird. <laughs> I know she is. I mean, just you just have to say, I, yeah, I've always saw myself with a large family. I've always envisioned myself having multiple children. It didn't need to be my glowworms and cabbage patch dolls. She's such a weirdo. I love her. <laughs> hey, she's weirdly honest. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now. If you remember a couple episodes ago, I we talked about Pat Sajak announcing he's going to be leaving Wheel of Fortune. And I had called during that podcast 
about who is going to likely take over. And I was correct in that Honestly, Ryan Seacrest is going to succeed Pat Sajak on Wheel of Fortune. That was so impressive. Like, as soon as the news dropped, I immediately thought of you. It was like, wow, like Joe's like a prophet. Like, <laughs> Joe's got it figured out. He, there ain't nobody that knows Hollywood quite like you, man. Like, yeah, you, you well, I you guess, know, you know. I'm I'm right probably like 10% of the time so this this was one of that <laughs> one of those times where I'm right. I mean literally as the news came came across I yelled. I called it and people here in the in the station are like what did you call? What is going on? <laughs> well, and um, when I learned more about it, I didn't realize that like that's how Seacrest got his start was hosting a game show. Yeah. Yeah, he hosted a game show and of course, you know, Idol. Um, yeah. and he got his start in radio. But Pat yes. Sajak has been the host of Wheel of Fortune since its debut in 1983. There's yeah. been no other host other than Pat Sajak for Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, I've had so, some people say they're not really sure how they feel about Seacrest taking it over. I think they're worried that he's going to, like, Hollywood it up, I guess. But to me, I don't look, know. Wheel of Fortune's already pretty Hollywood. It is know? pretty Hollywood. They have like the celebrity edition. So here's how I think they're going to do it. It's still going to be the same concept. They're going to have the wheel. They're going to have the contestants. They'll have the puzzles. Um, I think they'll probably update it a little bit where I think you will see a little more Hollywood where obviously depending on what happens with Vanna White, because obviously Vanna White is also a huge staple on Wheel of Fortune. And we yeah. know at some point she's going to leave, whether it's now or, you know, in a couple of years, she's like, you know, I'll stick around for a little bit and then I'm going to go. Um, I could see it where they have guest uh, people doing the, the 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 turning of the letters or the pushing of the button for the letters. Yeah. You know, so like one week, you know, why not get Kelly Ripa to do it one week? And then the next week you get like Mario Lopez. And the week after that you get, uh, I don't know, Kelly Clarkson or something. You know, I, I could see it going that way. And maybe trying to attract maybe a, a, a younger demographic. I don't know what kind of demographic Wheel of Fortune pulls. Um, but I think to try and pull in maybe a younger demographic, you kind of maybe do it like that. But who knows? They'll have, I mean, singing, if anybody's... They'll have to sing the puzzle, and then Simon Cowell's going to come out and grade you on whether or not you should win the puzzle. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, maybe <laughs> there'll be like some more like, in between mini games. I don't know. I think the yeah, formula of Wheel of Fortune has been like, it's, it's obviously it's been on air for 40 some years. It's like this is the the formula. They've got it figured out pretty well. Like it's a successful oh, yeah. show. It's maintained relevance for all these years. years so, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, look, I don't look, see the need look, to change much. No, but, no, they'll just kind of maybe update it a little bit. I don't know. Don't go to a digital wheel. I think the, the the cool thing of having a physical wheel there is pretty awesome, but I don't know. We'll see. But you, I mean, look what they did with prices, right? And drew Carey when Bob Barker left. I mean, they still kept the same formula kind of updated it a little bit, but the, the same structure and formula is still there. For sure. If anyone's going to be able to maintain the relevance and excite new watchers, it's going to be Seacrest. So, Oh, for sure. I mean, will I tune in to watch Seacrest's first show? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'll watch, I'll watch Wheel of Fortune. I'll solve those puzzles. Um, some, actually, some some kind of sad news. Um, thankfully, she's okay. Madonna, she was hospitalized over this week. First, she was 
basically struggling to kick this low-grade fever. And according to sources, she ignored her symptoms and never got checked out by a doctor. And finally, her body just couldn't take any more. So she was hospitalized on Saturday, uh, spent a few days in the ICU, and they believe it was a sign of an infection, which had, wor- which had worsened because obviously she didn't get it treated. Um, she was released eventually, but, I mean, she was so sick that she couldn't get out of bed. She was vomiting. Um, so hopefully yeah, she's she was in the ICU. Okay. Yeah. Like it was I mean, bad. Yeah. I mean, look, if you're not feeling well and it's been a month, it might be time to go to the doctor if you can't kick the whatever it is. Well, and she's just been so gung ho on this new tour. And I mean, she's not Madonna without all of the hard work that she's put in over the years. So it's like, she's, she's, she's not going to, yeah, she's, she's just a hard worker and she just worked herself mm-hmm. too much. I think knocked her well, health out of whack. I mean, we've seen yeah. it with many celebrities Bieber with, you know, had to take time off for himself. We've seen right. it. We're seeing it with Lewis Capaldi right now, having to cancel the rest of his tour because he, he just needs to get himself, you know, better and, and recover a little bit when they, when these celebrities are overworked like that, it only hurts them, but they, yeah. they kind of can't do anything else. Like they have to, you know, you have to tour to make the money or whatever. And the Madonna has been doing this for far too long to not, to not know the hack of you got to take a break. You got to, you got to make sure that you're all right. So you can keep being all right. Right. Yeah, I agree. And, and this is just, uh, a testament to if you're not feeling well go seek treatment yeah because then this can happen and luckily i mean luckily it didn't get any worse i mean she's still recovering though but hopefully you know she's going to be on the the up and up here soon yeah um we found out what's going to happen with travis scott if you remember back in 2021 astro world that tragedy where uh 10 people died Several others were injured during a stampede during uh, Travis Scott's performance, and some were trying to hold Travis Scott accountable because he kept performing while the stampede was going on, though Travis Scott continually claimed that he had no idea that it was even a stampede, which, look, I can understand while you're performing, you can't really see on stage because you got lights in your eyes. You can't really see what's going on out there. Now, there wasn't it. They do have... TikTok videos of like an ambulance going through the crowd. But then again, with the lights, it almost kind of makes it, I would assume, kind of blur together. So even if there were, you know, emergency vehicles out there, could you really tell unless they stop the lights or the performance? Um, but a, a jury, a grand jury in Texas is not going to charge Travis Scott with any wrongdoing in the 2021 Astroworld tragedy. Now, a rep for Travis told TMZ, quote, Travis Scott will not be charged with criminal charges or any wrongdoing for his involvement with Astroworld Festival. Today's decision by the Harris County District Attorney confirms what we have known all along, that Travis Scott is not responsible for the Astroworld tragedy. This is consistent with investigative reporting by numerous media outlets and federal and state government reports that have squarely placed the, uh, the, 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 the blame for event safety crisis on organizers, operators, and contractors not performers. Um, I, yeah, I mean, look, 
if someone stopped Travis Scott, obviously, well, yeah, he would have stopped. But again, you're on stage. And for anyone that's ever been on a stage before, and and Shelly, you know this because you've introed bands before. You've been you were even in a band. I mean, you could probably tell that <laughs> if you got lights hitting your face, you can't really see the crowd. It it can be incredibly difficult. And I've never, I mean, I've never played on a stage like Travis Scott. I mean, I've even some of the bigger shows that I've been able to do intros for, you don't, especially when it's dark out, you can't really see. You just see a wave of people. Sometimes you can't even tell that there are people in the audience because it's so packed and the lights in your face, I mean, it it inhibits your vision, but also like when everyone, the, the sheer volume of people, there's so many people and there's people yelling and screaming. You don't know what is a, what's a good scream, what's a bad scream, because you, you know, you've got in-ears, so you've got like the monitors. I mean, most celebrities have, or, you know, most performers have the, the, the monitors that are in their ears, like air, like earbuds. So they mm-hmm. can't, like they're hearing their mic and their musicians behind them to help keep them in tempo and on key and whatnot. So there's who's to say that he knew what the hell was happening. Cause I mean, it sounds like these people didn't know what the hell was happening. It was right. really, really tragic. And and I, and I do agree with the grand jury that, you know, yeah, maybe he, he, they these people, these families might have a case in civil court, but criminally, there's just no way to be able to say like, yes, he was the sole responsible party for the death or or injuries of all of these people. Right. There's just yeah. no way to determine that. There's no way to prove that in court. And they might be able to get some, you know, he, he will probably have quite a few civil suits against him. And, mm-hmm. you know, who knows where that's going to go. But I don't know. It's Travis Scott. So like. Maybe throw him a bone. <laughs> you know, yeah. Maybe, maybe well, okay, I, here, I'm I'm sorry that this happened at my show. It's not, it's one of those, like, it's not your fault, but it is your problem kind yeah. of situations, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that maybe if someone on his, on his staff knew what was going on, probably should have said something to someone or, you know, like made Travis aware of what was going on. Whether or not that happened, we don't know. According to Scott, that he wasn't aware until afterward, obviously. Um, and especially for a show like that, I mean, it 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 is tough. I mean, it, it's not like a. I'm trying to think of something. That's, it's not like an Ed Sheeran or Louis Capaldi where it's kind of low key. I mean, this is Travis Scott. Yeah. I mean, you, you got people bouncing around for a few hours. Where. Ed Sheeran, Louis Capaldi, probably not too much bouncing around, but just kind of singing and clapping. So maybe could be a little more aware of if there was something going down. But yeah, something like Travis Scott, where it's high energy. Yeah, good luck trying to see what's going on out there. It's it's a horrible. Yeah, it's it was a like we've said it. It was a tragedy. It's heartbreaking. It's terrible. But I really, I just. It, it makes sense for when situations like this happen to want to place blame on someone or something, whatever. Oh, yeah, sure. And yeah, Live Nation, yeah, Live Nation probably should have some sort of accountability. But right, I really don't. It's it, but criminally, I just don't think that that's possible to determine. 
No, I don't. And think I, so. and I, I do kind of feel bad for Travis Scott because he got put through the ringer when that happened. Well, I mean, he's yeah, been... I mean, everyone was pointing fingers at him as if he was the one that caused it. And he was, he's like, no, I'm, just, I'm just performing. Yeah, it's not like he was on the mic saying, "Get as to close stampede. to me." Yeah, yeah, get as close as you can. Like, no. And people, I'm sorry, but I've, I've, I've been to shows before. I don't like going to big concerts like that because of stuff like that. Because I oh, don't, yeah. I like my personal space. So I am, I might be old, but I would much rather have like a seat at a concert than be in the pit. Right. Or Let me have my I, personal I, bubble to enjoy the show. Oh, absolutely. I'll, I will pay extra money for a VIP situation because so, then I know like I'm going to be more secure in that area. Like I, I will spring for that when I, when and if I can, or I go to a smaller venue where I, or I, well, I mean, a lot of the artists that I follow are, um, like up and comers or they're just, they're more indie music. So I don't, you know, their shows aren't, you know, sellouts and stuff. So mm-hmm. I right. put it this way. I wouldn't have survived at a Taylor Swift show. Try as I might, <laughs> I would not have survived and I wouldn't have been able to pay for the VIP package on the Taylor Swift concerts. Nor would you have been able to get one. I, I would have had to sell a kidney. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we got some news, some uh, superhero news. So, obviously, Henry Cavill, who we thought was coming back as Superman, is not coming back as Superman. As James uh, Gunn, he just don't like him. James Gunn, yeah, and Peter Safran have decided to go in their own direction with the DC Universe. And so we now know who's going to be the next Superman and the next Lois Lane. Now, James Gunn mentioned this in a, a video several months ago, kind of laying out the first phase of how the DCU was going to move. And mm-hmm. as with uh, Superman Legacy, where basically it's kind of like early on in Superman's career, kind of balancing him being a, uh, a superhero Kryptonian and the human Clark Kent reporter, uh, kind of balances that life. So we found out that Superman is going to be played by uh, David Cornensweet. Now, he may know him from the Netflix series Hollywood. Um. And Lois Lane is going to be played by Rachel Brosnahan, who is on the uh, marvelous or marvelous Mrs. Mabel. Hmm. Yeah. Now, when you look at, if you don't know, you should go look him up. Now, David Cornsweet, kind of looks like a young Henry Cavill. Okay, that that, that hurts that my heart so jaw. much. He's got that square jaw, the eyes. So I'm looking at a photo of him right now that that Variety has posted. I'm like, you know what? I could see an early 20s Henry Cavill right there. Oh, I love Henry Cavill. I love Henry Cavill. Oh, I do too. Oh, my my wife and I are rewatching The Witcher because the the new season, or at least volume one of the new season came out. And I'm sitting there. I'm just like, God, you know, it's going to be so sad not to see him as Superman anymore. And honestly... Super, you know, Lois or uh, Henry Cavill as Superman, Ben Affleck as Batman, even Gal Gal Gadot as as Wonder Woman, kind of didn't get a fair shake just because of the whole stuff that was going on with Zack Snyder and Warner Brothers and yes, and and, and I'm, I mean Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman. I'm sorry. Good luck trying to replace Gal Gadot for another Wonder Woman. Yeah, she is fantastic. Yeah. And then you got Henry Cavill, who, you know, was done playing Superman. And then all of a sudden, Black Adam comes out and, oh, what? He's back as Superman? Goes on TV? Yeah, I'm back as Superman. 
And then Warner Brothers like, hey, we've hired James Gunn and Peter Safran to now lead the DCU. And then, oh, yeah, Henry Cavill, you're out. Sorry. Mm. Right. And then Ben Affleck's like, you know what? I'm just done. I'm done. <laughs> Gal Gadot just randomly appears. No word from her, even though they, they canceled Wonder Woman 3. That was supposed yeah. to be in the works. That's done. So who knows what's happened Gal Gadot? She's kind of been silent on everything. Uh, oh, I, yeah. Unless she's just still going to randomly appear in places and in DC future movies. But, but then you got Ezra Miller, who obviously we know has had some troubles recently Mm -hmm. and the flash movie has been a flop. Which is like, it's gotta be so devastating for the DCU because this was supposed to be like the resurrection. This was supposed like, this was. This, oh, yeah, yeah this, this was supposed to yeah. be their Hail Mary back to, you know, being in the forefront of the conversation. Their, yeah. their, yeah, their competition against Marvel. Well, yeah, it was supposed to. And so my wife and I and my daughter went to go see it. And while oh, it was so a fun movie, oh, yeah, we, yeah, we saw it. And it was a fun movie. And according to James Gunn, this movie is supposed to reset the DC universe. This was going to be the first entry, reset the DCU. Okay. It really didn't reset it. I it, people left confused, like, well, wait a minute. I mean, I I don't want to spoil it for anybody, um. So I'm gonna wait, maybe in a few episodes down the road when we talk more about you know some later developments. But at the end, you're you're left with like, wait, so, huh? Because there's a cameo at the end, and it's supposed to reset the DCU, and at the end you're just like, what? Wait a oh. minute. Yeah. And so, anyway, but then there's a post-credit scene with uh, Jason Momoa as Aquaman. So he's got his Aquaman movie coming out later on this year too. Yeah. And so, well, okay, well, we're assuming that okay, he's still going to be Aquaman, and I guess Ezra Miller is still going to be the Flash. Well, but at first, I as, thought that the reason this was such a flop, or like it wasn't the kick, you know, the return that that it was go- that it, it was expected to be was because of Ezra Miller. So you're saying like the movie itself wasn't really a great setup for this new I mean, beginning. Yeah. Ezra, look, I, I will say though, that going in, just knowing the whole. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> behind, you know, off screen stuff with Ezra Miller kind of did taint it. I will say that. Yeah. I mean, he is a great flash. Don't get me wrong, but it's tainted because of what has happened since. Yeah. At least in this film. Now, we've talked about this before. Can he rebound from this? Yeah, it's going to take time. As long as he keeps his nose clean. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, look, Michael Keaton coming back as Batman was cool. You know, to me, like he didn't miss a beat since he hadn't been, he hadn't played the character in like 30 years. Um, I think they did well, you know, keeping his Batman pretty much true to how it was back in the late 80s, early 90s. But as far as the story, like they, they said, oh, it's emotional. Mm, I didn't get the emotional from it. I didn't. I, 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 like I said, it's a, it's a fun movie. It is it the emotion really, is the emotion is not there for me. Like there, there's a part in the film where it's supposed to be sad, but just didn't capture it. Even though the the the, the pre reviews like, oh, it's an emotional ride. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, really. the the emotion is what makes it because I feel like that's yeah. what Marvel really had. I mean, you, I'm I'm not 
I'm I'm more of a Marvel fan just by nature. I mean, I, and yeah. I think it's truly just because of of the the movies. It's it's the MCU oh, that sure. has me in a chokehold. But it's right. truly like the the level of action. Like everything's very very balanced. Like you have the action, you have the fight scenes, but you also have those emotional connections. Oh, you yeah. have the chemistry between actors. You've got the storyline. Like of course, but it it, it really is. Yeah, and like we've seen, like you know, Avengers Endgame, uh, the latest Guardians movie, Volume Three. I mean, those emotional yeah. parts. I mean, when I'm my wife and I, we're sitting there like my wife is bawling, and I'm just you know trying to hold it together. Aww. Um, you know, but this one where they, you know, that there's the emotional part. It's just like, mm. I mean, yeah, it's sad, but it's not like I'm sitting there like. Hold it together, hold it together, hold it together. It's just kind of <laughs> like, oh, well, yeah, he's got to do this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think casting was part of it. Um, now, the uh, director of this one, uh, The Flash, is going to allegedly direct the next Batman movie, which we don't know allegedly who the next Batman is, even though at the end of The Flash, it is assumed that this person is... Anyway, if you haven't seen it, you just... I'm sure you can find the the last scene on YouTube by now, but we'll talk about that in a later episode about the DC in the future, maybe in a, in a future episode, but look, we'll see what happens with Superman moving forward. I, I, I just hope that James Gunn and Peter Safran don't try to, to silly up the DC universe. I, I think that people like a serious DC universe as we've seen with the Batman with Robert Patton, very serious, very dark. Yeah. Where if you try to kind of lighten and goofy it up, I don't I don't know if that works anymore. And even with some of the latest um, Marvel movies, you know, they kind of try to lighten it up and it's kind of like. Eh. Yeah, well. Marvel in the beginning had a good balance, and I think that they're trying. I don't know if they're trying to kind of lighten it up. And I, I don't know. I, I, I think the, the formula is not quite right yet, but we'll see. I haven't lost all faith yet. Okay. Well, there's still hope. There is still hope. Okay. Moving on to the idol. We've talked about the idol a few times in previous episodes. Um, if you don't know what the idol is, it's a show on HBO Max or now Max, uh, starring Lily Rose Depp, who is an artist that's kind of an up and coming artist, and The Weeknd, who's kind of like the love interest. Um, kind of like the guy that kind of helps her try to become an artist. I haven't watched the show, but just based on what I've read, that's kind of the gist. But the real thing behind the controversy behind the idol is it's graphic nude and, and sex scenes. Some people calling it torture porn. Um, a lot of nudity and graphic sex scenes, which I, the idol, I guess right now is not being renewed for a second season. But Lily Rose Depp was uh, featured in Vogue Australia, and she talks about her time on the idol and about the graphic scenes. And she says, quote, we know what we're making. We know that we're making something provocative and we are not shying away from that. That's something I knew I was setting down to do from the beginning. I was never interested in making something that was just, you know, eh. It's okay if the show isn't for everyone. That's fine. I think all the best art is polarizing. And oh, as far oh. as being nude on set and all that, she says, quote, and she's never felt more respected and more safe on a set. 
quote, so when it comes to the nudity and the risque nature of the role, that to me was really intentional, adding, I'm not scared of it. I think we live in a highly sexualized world. I think that's an interesting thing to explore. She's not wrong in saying that. No. And so for her to be willing to explore that, I mean, kudos to her. I mean, look, some actors and actresses are fine with it. As we know, some are not. That's kind of been a big theme as of late as far as when it comes to those kinds of scenes, having, they, they, what do they call them? A, um, there's, a, there's a special like person now that's in charge of doing it, like an intimacy coordinator, I think they're called. Yeah. When it comes to these kind of scenes. So it's, you know, just the, the two people involved in the scene, the intimacy coordinator, and, and maybe like one or two members of the production film, and that's it. And it's not just, you know, like 50 people gathered around watching them make this scene. Yeah. Which is <laughs> ironic because then you make it for TV <laughs> and then well, yeah, millions true. of people watch you exactly make this right. scene. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly right. You know, but it, is, it is very intimate. Like, I don't care, is it? Yeah, it's got to be a very intimate type of scene to film. And it, I don't. Yeah, you know me. We've talked about this before. I, I, I don't love any sex scene. I feel like most of the time it takes away from the plot, the storyline. I just, it's not to me, to me, I don't, I, I don't share the same view, uh, which is fine because like, I haven't seen the idol. It's like, it's, it's not for me because that's mm -hmm. not the kind of art that I like to consume, I guess, but right. for other people, yeah, enjoy it. I guess I think it's, I think it, it makes me more uncomfortable than anything else. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. I mean, look, we, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't watched the idol either and you're right. It's the same for me. It's just nothing that I'm interested in. And yeah, you know, the, the, the whole sex scenes, it's uncomfortable to watch, you know? Um, and so I guess if you're willing, or if you're wanting to show that, and there's a part of it to the story, then okay. Um, but I think when watching this, you have to kind of be ready for it. I mean, that's like with Game of Thrones. I mean, like the yeah. first season of Game of Thrones, it's like, oh, I, f I mean, you feel terrible watching it, but for the most part, it has to do with the story. Yeah, I would argue. I would argue that I think House of the Dragon does it better than Game of Thrones ever did. Yeah, it's like a big, yeah, it's not as intense. Yes, and like the the intimate moments that were necessary for the storyline, I don't think it was too much. I think it was done tastefully, and that's my right. thing. Is I'm a prude, so <laughs> like, don't ask me. Like, I guess I'm like my opinion isn't really the one that carries as much weight in these conversations because like I said I'm a prude so tastefully to me is like super super safe <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean but HBO Max Max HBO in general like as a network they've never shied away from oh no that kind of daring content so they figured out a formula. Obviously they're one of you know I I'm I'm a subscriber to HBO Max because I I think they've got a very high caliber of content that they deliver. 
So mm-hmm. they, they're doing it right, evidently. Maybe not with this show because I've heard that <laughs> it's not it's not getting yeah. great reviews. But no, it's not. Well, and Lily Rose Depp, like, girl, <laughs> you know who your daddy is. <laughs> you better be like. That's also, I think, maybe part of the crap that she gets or that, you know, that they are getting because she is the daughter of one of the world's biggest superstars. So it's it might be a little uncomfy for people, particularly like folks like me that are like. Yeah, she is her own person, but also she's Johnny Depp's daughter. Like, you know, it's so it got it might feel a little uncomfy in that aspect as well. Well, true. I mean. Look, I can't imagine that really Johnny Depp is watching. If he is watching the show, I'm sure he probably moves forward past the scenes because I'll be honest, I could not watch my daughter doing that. No, even absolutely though, even not. Look, no, I mean, look, Johnny understands the business way better than his daughter does at this point and understands that it's a craft, it's an art. But to actually watch, it's like, uh, I know you're I know you're you're being pretend, but still. Well, and part of it has to be like, so you know, of all the celebrities, of all the people that are that are taking part in productions like these, there is probably very few that are well versed, educated, and protected within the industry than Johnny Depp's daughter. So the fact that she is taking part in this and receiving any kind of backlash, the I mean, you know she's fine. Like nobody, you know. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't. It's it's like a name like Depp. You're not gonna, you know, you're gonna toe the line. You're gonna make sure what you're doing is is safe, secure, respectable. Otherwise, you know, I mean, a name like Depp could ruin it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I, I and I think that. I mean, Johnny Depp has always said that he's gonna support. Lily and everything that she does. And, you know, she was very supportive of him through the Amber Heard stuff. So I really do think that maybe I, maybe I need to give it a chance. I don't know. It's just not my type well, of show. I and think. Maybe that's the whole thing is that, you know, I think that the, with the controversy surrounding it, people want to be like, well, what's this? What is everybody so, you know, upset about? Yeah. What, I, want to, I want to know what everyone's upset about. So I don't know, maybe watch the it, first episode and you're like, oh, oh no. Or, Oh, it kind of it kind of feels like uh, don't worry darling to me like yes. may, maybe maybe it's not that big of a deal but they're making it a big deal so more people watch it to maybe. find out if it's a big deal you know what i mean cuz like olivia wilde was like oh yeah it's all about the sex scenes and female empowerment blah 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 and it was like no we just want to know what is what's it? going on with you and harry <laughs> or styles is it a, is, <laughs> yeah we're just trying to see harry styles and his you know breakout you know, uh, yeah. role and and Florence Pugh and and everything else. It was like maybe maybe we're drumming up controversy just for the clicks. Like it's like clickbait. Maybe, yeah, that very well could be. Okay, moving on finally to our was story. Pink, I, look, her fans. I don't I don't know how, if this is a theme or if this is just recent. But the last couple of day, or last couple of shows that she's been to, she has gotten some weird things. And we, and in our one of our episodes, our last episode, we talked about Ava Max, BB Rexa, uh, fans throwing things on the stage. Well, and Kelsey Ballerini shows. just got hit in the head with a bracelet. Yeah, it's like what last what, week. 
I mean, it's like, why do people need to throw things onto the stage? I mean, hard <laughs> objects like that that can actually cause damage. Drives me nuts. Like, I'm not going to concerts with none of y'all. If you don't know how to act at a right. show, I'm not exactly. going to a show with you. And if you listen to our previous episode titled Pri Pri Privacy and Concert Etiquette 101, we have mm -hmm. a little etiquette on what to do at a show. Now, Pink's fans, and thankfully, these things were handed to Pink, not necessarily thrown at her. But <laughs> so one show she was at, a fan tosses onto the stage his mother's ashes or her mother's ashes. <gasps> no. Yeah, and it's like in this like white bag and Pink kind of holds it up and, and confused going, is this your mom? I don't know what? how to feel about this. He just kind of like creepily puts it back at the front of the stage. It continues on with her song, Just Like a Pill. Oh, oh God. Like, what terrible time do that? <laughs> Unless your mom was like a huge Pink fan. And it's like, this is what my, my mom's wishes for her to be on stage with you. I mean, I would Bro. hope that maybe Pink got to talk to this fan like, why? What am I supposed to do with your mother's ashes? Well, there's got to be some kind of, like, a law. Because technically, yes. ashes, that's human remains. Yes. What if that bag had burst? Oh, oh uh, 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 nope. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> you better make sure that twisty tie was on there tight, my friend. Yeah. Absolutely not. That now, is this, creepy. Yeah. Now, this was in London. And then in another London fans must be a little different than American fans. Now, at another London show... I'm sorry, this is what that was at a London show. Now, this one, um, I don't know if this was also in London, but there was another TikTok video of someone handing Pink a wheel of brie cheese. Like, it's a big wheel of cheese. And so you see, wait a Pink, minute. Yes. So <laughs> the video shows Pink like she's singing perfect. And then you see her eyes like get super big and she's like reaching out, like, yes, yes. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, I guess the fans are moving this wheel of cheese so that Pink leans down, grabs this massive wheel of brie cheese, and is like, oh, thank you. Y'all, so, hang on a second. I have a question. Because I can't carry a purse into a venue unless it's made of plastic and completely clear and see-through. Who is bringing in a wheel of brie cheese? Just for Pink. For Pink. Get now, out again. This is across seas, so I'm guessing Fair. different uh, rules yeah. there because you can obviously throw your mother's remains on stage and freak out Pink. However, you bring a massive wheel of cheese, Pink is like your new best friend. That is the I'm wildest saying, thing. Yeah, I'm not saying that everyone at a going to a Pink concert bring wheels of cheese to her. But she's probably like, look, no, I don't need that much cheese, but thank you anyway. <laughs> but I, I mean, is this, I, I've never like back to back seen TikTok videos of Pink getting random things handed to her on stage. You know what? I, I love, I love humanity. I, I really love society in general. This is, this is the, <laughs> You know, we're, 40 you years know. ago, we were slingshotting bras and panties on stage, but now it is the era of cheese. <laughs> that is what it performers is. really want. They and, want and cheese. You know what? Maybe here in America, we take a cue from our, our, our neighbors across the, the pond. 
And instead of throwing hard objects at our artists that we were going to see, you know what? Yeah, maybe some dead assault. relatives in their ashes, maybe a wheel of cheese. And we don't throw it at them. We, you know, gently hand it over to them. Yes, we don't need assault and battery towards our performers. We need to make no. them a nice charcuterie board like they do across the pond. Yes, That's you know fantastic. what? Maybe maybe at the next Pink show, we'll find out what's going to happen next while she's over in Europe. Who knows? I'm I'll be waiting to see what what happens next with Pink and what items she's going to be handed to while she's performing. You know what I would love to see happen? I would love like just for a string of concerts, they build like a charcuterie board. Like I would really love for like the next show that she performs, someone to just pass up like oh a carton sure. of, of blueberries. And then yes. maybe a box of very nice artisan crackers. You know, like, when, when you're going that. through security, I'm assuming at these at these concerts in, in Europe across seas, you know, we have the, the baggage check like you talked about. But, you know, someone carrying in a wheel of cheese and just like, what is that for? That's for pink. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I get, like, what are they going to do? How could you harm someone with a wheel of cheese? You can't you hurt anyone when sitting. Yeah, you know, I am so bloated right now from the cheese. You know what? That'd be a way to go. You know what? I guess so. Yeah, put it on my tombstone. Ate too much cheese. <laughs> That's not what made her die. It's just, just in general, she ate cheese. too much cheese. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Fans and cheese. <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Weekly Trash Recap Podcast as we recap and discuss some of the big uh, Hollywood news and gossip from the week. You can listen to previous episodes at B1029.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, too, as we drop new episodes every Tuesday. Happy Fourth of July. For Shiler, I'm Joe from B1029. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>